Welcome to the spoiler cast for Rehydrate. This episode will contain spoilers for all of the three-body problem and the entire Remembrance of Earth's past series. If you don't want to be spoiled on future events, please skip this episode. This is Season 1, Episode 8, Bugs, where we we will be reading Chapters 27 to 35 of The Three-Body Problem. My name is Amin, and I have just finished reading The Three-Body Problem as a part of this season of Rehydrate. Hi, I'm Dan. I've read the entire series multiple times. Uh, And I do have a follow-up from last time. So last time I did make a mistake when I was speaking. I I caught it like midway as we speaking. But we were talking about the Trisolarans exporting their cultural, uh, their culture back to the earth after, um, after there's sort of an accord between the the two races. Um, And I I, I misremembered that it was uh, Luo Ji who who does that, but it's actually Changxin. So, and the chapters are pretty interesting. And I think, we talked about it last time, but like I kind of picked out some of the passages. Um, so one of the characters in uh, in the third book is called AA, um, and she's uh, Chengxin's friend. Chengxin is the main character for uh, book book three, and AA is her friend. Uh, so the passage goes: One day, AA came and played a holographic movie for her. The movie, named A Fairy Tale of the Yangtze, had won Best Picture at the year's Oscars. It was based on a song composed in the Busan verse form by the Song Dynasty poet Li Zhiyi. The art and culture of this age was nothing like what she had imagined, but it wasn't simply a matter of a return to a classical style either. It was more of a spiraling sublimation of a post postmodern modernism built upon a new aesthetic foundation. I love your era, said Chengxin. I'm surprised. You'd be even more surprised if you knew the artists behind these films, paintings, and music. They're all trisolarians from four light years away. So yeah, it's, uh, the fact that like the Trisolarans like both imitate culture, but like imitate it well enough to yeah. <laughs> to win Oscars, <laughs> that was pretty funny. And like they are like very arty and like so. I think like one of the things we talked about um, in the the main show was how uh, the the listener he like really like reveres Earth, you know, and, like and that's why he like tells them not to answer. And so like Earth culture kind of pervades Trisolaran uh, culture in general. Like or that's what they say anyway. It's like it's hard to know exactly. Um, yeah, what their their motivations are and like what the truth is. Although, I guess you do know that the they're telling the truth. So, like one of the main points of of the second book uh, is about like you know now that we know the Sofans are on Earth, I mean know that the they're always listening and like we're none of the conversations are ever secret. But one of the main things that has us as an advantage over the Trisolarians is that Trisolarians have no capability to lie. Like they this is not in their nature to like deceive. Uh, they just tell what they're what they're thinking, so it's sort of a benefit to us in one way. So, like you know, we don't have to worry about if they're lying or being being devious because they they can't lie, uh, and so we we take we we use that as an advantage to uh, try to combat them um, with some of the, the the things we do in the second book. So, in in the second book, are the trice? I, I I know in the main podcast you said that the second book kind of picks up right where body problem ends but in that book do we also fast forward to when the trisolarians actually make it to earth or is this all uh, done through other types of communication yeah it picks up i mean i wouldn't say like right afterwards it's like a couple years afterwards but like in this in the scheme of the book it's like basically right after it's like three years afterwards or something but like so uh now we're 
it's 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 what's in called the crisis era and so like people are getting used to the thought of the tribes of Larens and like people are making adjustments and then the second book also skips ahead basically like 200 and something years so we know like the tribes of Larens are coming and it's gonna take 450 years for them to get here but they also are able to send basically like a probe to earth that goes faster than their other their other ships and that gets here within 250 years. And there's like a big interaction between that probe. It's called it's called the droplet. It's like a metal droplet looking thing. It comes to it comes to Earth and like it's it's in the it's like 250 years into the you know into the future, quote unquote future of where where this book ends basically. And so we don't meet the Trisolarians directly, but we meet their probe. Um, and so just like Operation Gujung, I'm not going to spoil that part for you. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to leave that one part of like what actually happens when they uh, the 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 humans interact with the with the probe because it's it's probably the biggest moment in the in the whole series. I would guess like it's it's okay. huge and it's it's great. So yeah, but you know that is coming, and you know you'll know it's coming, and like that they don't really make a secret that it's coming. But then like the actual events that happen when when that's when that's there and like how how things unfold from there is, is, is really cool. So I'm not going to spoil that for you. All but right. speaking of, uh, I did not spoil Op- Operation Good Jung for you. So how did you feel about being able to read it, you know, quote unquote fresh? Did it, did it make it better for you? Like, I don't know. I, what were your I, thoughts there? I, I, I appreciated that not being spoiled. Yeah. And so like I was saying in the main podcast, I understood that when they described the nanotechnology really early in the book, that it could slice a truck in half, that, somewhere a truck was going to get sliced in half. Um, but at, so I had that in the back of my mind, but I didn't anticipate that's how this would all work. So I, I like that. And, and like we said in the main, in the main podcast, it was a pretty big set piece and it was, yeah, it was, it was nice to read it fresh, even though I kind of knew what was going to happen after that. It was good to, to read that, that again, that set piece uh, kind of cold. And I think, you know, it's going to be a really impressive part or, you know, it should be a really impressive part of the TV show when, whenever they do it. That's, I mean, I would bet that like Benioff and Weiss have that in their mind of like, all right, how the hell, that's like their, the battle of the bastards or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, how is that going to work? You know, how are we going to film this? And yeah, I, I imagine a lot of VFX budget is going to go into making that look right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I did think that was some of the best writing in the book as well, um, the way he described it. And I think he did a good job. He doesn't, do a lot of visual description of characters or anything else, but I thought he did. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job there. And and you feel like more more admiration towards uh, Dasher now too, because like he's actually like, yeah, cutting cutting. Yeah, he, he's the one that came up with the plan. I, I think it's kind of a stretch to think that he would come up with that plan. Yeah. Um. You know, it's a bit of a scientific plan. Like, but you know, it's uh he, he justifies it by like you know wasn't it um. I forgot. Like he had, he had seen something, some attack like that before. Yeah. Uh, or some some rope or something. Like he'd seen something like similar that kind of triggered yeah, his memory. I, I think he was saying like as a cop, he's seen criminals do other things like that. So, or yeah. Something. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, he kind of earned his 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 reputation there by being uh, by being kind of an out of the box out <laughs> of the box thinker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so now I'm excited to read the big set piece in, in the second book in a few yeah. seasons so yeah i mean i think that like i said the second book has probably the biggest set piece of the entire series like right in the middle of it so uh and it has to do with like the droplet and it's basically like earth's first like physical interaction with the trisolarians but it's not 
yeah, I mean, whatever. It's not it's not really a trisilarian. It's just their their probe. So I had a question. Yeah. In in these last few chapters, they kind of introduced. So we we knew about the Adventists and the Redemptionists, and then they also, from my recollection, they kind of brought up sur- the survival the survivors late in the book. And they yeah. say that the survivors wish to betray other humans to buy their own survival. Do they? Do the survivors have a big role in the rest of the series, or was this just something that was thrown in at the last minute? Yeah, I think. I mean, it was something that was kind of thrown in the last minute, and it's, they don't really play a, a big role. Uh, none of the the the, ET, the ETO factions really play a big role. I mean, they kind of do in a way. So, like I mentioned, uh, in second book, the the beginning, the first half of it. Is, is really more focused around like how humans uh, are thinking about how to combat the Trisolarian invasion and how to repel them. But the ETU is really decimated at that point because the part where Dasher comes in and like blows up the, you know, shoots the bomb and like they, they basically either, and then they kill all the Adventists on, on judgment day. Right. So like there's not a lot of ETO members left uh, at that point. And so like, they're not really that force that they were. And also like the, the frontiers of science, like that's not really, a, I don't think it's even mentioned at all in like the other two books. So, the, that part kind of drops off. The ETO is still around a little bit. Like there's like a little, a couple people here. So the, my original point was that in the second book, the, you know, the focus in the beginning is around how humans are going to fight the Trisolarians. So they come up with a plan. And because of the way that the Trisolarians are both omnipresent and can't, t- can't deceive people, they kind of play, they use that to their advantage. And so they come up with a program called the Wall Facer Program. And what that is, is they designate four different people. Uh, they, they, they pick four different people, and one of them happens to be the main character of the, of the book, to kind of come up with plans, but don't tell anybody <laughs> about what the plans are. And then everyone has to obey their orders and you know not question them. And they have like kind of carte blanche to do whatever they want to do to combat the Trisolarians. So they have they have those they have four of those guys, and so what the ETO does to kind of combat that because they're still in contact with the Trisolarians via the Sophons, the way they they have these people called that they designate wall breakers, and those people are there to kind of keep track of the wall facers and see like what their plans are, and then if they're able to like break what their plan is, then they can you know they can kind of out their plans, and the, then the Trisolarians can can account for it and like you know, get around it by by them getting to earth so the, the, and that's the eto's role so the eco and, and like i said i think i mentioned before they they gather in the three-body game still even like that's like their their safe place <laughs> and the one of the cool parts about it is because in the three-body game all you see is avatars you don't see the actual people you don't know who the wall the wall breakers are but it becomes obvious for, for some of them like who the wall breakers are when they they actually show up, but like the reader doesn't know who who they actually are uh, as part of the story. So yeah, but the uh, the the actual question, the Adventists and the Redemptionists and the survivors, like because the ETO is so is so decimated at that point, then they they don't really play that that much of a role. I mean, they're mentioned in passing here and there, but but not really. It's not oh, really okay. a, a critical thing. Yeah, I, I was hoping to see some some capers and some antics as everyone tries to use use the trisolarians to their advantage but i guess there might be less of that yeah i think there's there's not there's not that i think mostly like you know humanity kind of organizes and, and it's like singularly focused on combating the trisolarian invasion at that point you know like the un is like kind of reorganized to do it and actually like in the future uh you know like like i said like in the second book the the um the book kind of jumps 200 years 
and and within that time, because the main the, the reason it does that is because the main character hibernates for for those two hundred years, and that actually that happens a lot in the in the next two books. Like they, they do a lot of time jumping by hibernating. Both both the Liu Ji and and Chengxin both hibernate, uh, you know, for a lot of years uh, to kind of jump forward in time. Uh, anyway, so Earth kind of reorganizes uh, into uh, different countries, you know, different different ways of of political systems in those two hundred years. So uh, in the like two hundred years in the future, like there's only a couple countries left on Earth, but the, like there are also like fleets in the in space that are organized into their own like self sustaining countries. Like they originally came from Asia or North America. They're called like the North American fleet or the Asian fleet, but they actually become like their own countries and they're all they're all part of like the UN. So yeah, because like space the space is such you know because everyone's like just singularly focused on you know tries to learn invasion like that's that's a super important part of of the defense so yeah they they organize that way it's sort of like uh, have you watched the expanse no i haven't watched the expanse oh yeah i I would i would recommend it it's a tv show on it's on amazon now it used to be on sci-fi it's also like a big giant book series but it's if you like science fiction and also like hardcore science fiction like like this is like i definitely recommend the expanse it's uh it's in, in more near future. It's like only like a hundred or something years in the future. So it feels more, it's it's not, it's like, it's not like Star Trek. I mean, I love Star Trek too, but like, it's not like Star Trek where it's like really into the future. And like, so all that technology is basically magic at that point. It feels really grounded in like, in, uh, in, in like current technology, but like advanced, you know, and yeah, like leveled up like a hundred years. But anyway, the, what I was talking about is they also, have in the expanse they have like these different factions of kind of in the future so they have like the earth faction uh and then they have mars and they also have people who live in the, the asteroid belt and they're called belters and like they have like they're just like separate uh political factions and like they have, there's a lot of fighting between them because of just like the way they kind of evolved and like their relationship evolved and like their their inherent um like strengths and weaknesses like the belters like live in always live in space so like they're not really good at places of gravity so like Earth people actually torture belters by bringing them to Earth and like making them stay in gravity, <laughs> and, and there's a lot of like poli- it's very political um, and very like hardcore sci-fi. So I know this isn't that expanse uh, podcast, but uh, I would definitely recommend it if if you like the three body problem. Uh, I would definitely recommend uh, watching that show. It's in their uh, fifth season right now, um, but it's great. Definitely yeah. recommend. I will I will put that on the list <laughs> if you have time to watch five seasons of TV. <laughs> <laughs> why would i watch the expanse when i could watch the office for the 800th time in a row <laughs> expanse is like it's uh yeah you have to watch it like you can't like the office yeah you could just like keep it on the background because yeah you've seen all your episodes or whatever but like the expanse you have to we have to watch it's like one of those tv shows like there's a lot of detail to it and a lot of like nuance and a lot of technology and there's just a, a lot to take in so it's not like something you can just like casually watch you have to like get to watch it it always meant to go back to um to reading the books, Just, you know, s- same way that I I read the Game of Thrones books and like read these books like uh, before the the shows like came out. Like I I want to read the Expanse books, but there's so many of them. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is each season of the Expanse like one book, like they did with Game of Thrones? Do you know? I think what they uh, from the little that I know, they they kind of do it one to one, but then some books are shorter than the others. So I think like season three was like split up 
with like with over two books and like you can tell because like in the middle i think it was three but like the middle of the season like there's a really hard cut like there's like a big cliffhanger it's resolved right and it's like a big hard cut like in the middle of the season and they kind of go off into like a new thing so it, my understanding is that like it's it's covers two books or maybe a book and a short story or something like that well i mean do you have any other questions about the the series or have i mean are you excited to to read the book two like it, I mean, you kind of know where it's going. And, and you know, I, I've talked a lot about book three. Like like I said, book three is my favorite. And I'm, I'm excited for us to get there whenever we get there. Yeah, I, I am excited for the, I am excited for the rest of the series. So I know that we are are taking a break next season from Days of Remembrance Pass series, but I'm excited to get back to it. And I think I think having a little break uh, will only whet my appetite more than it would otherwise. Yeah, I mean, if you think about like you watch a TV show in real time, you have to wait like you know nine months or something for for season two or you know for the next season. Yeah, yeah, so okay. it's it's sort of similar to that, you know. I, I really I I don't enjoy the binge watching model where you just like watch an entire TV show like all in one sitting. So uh, I like the experience of kind of experiencing something week to week and then like having a chance to digest it. So that's why like I suggested this this format of this podcast in general. Like we could have just had like one episode for the three body problem, but like know what you know you lose so much resolution and in, in like your uh in your analysis and like you're thinking about like how things you know how, how things kind of end up in, in the story and like you know there, there's so many like small moments i think of of the story that we would just miss if we had just done like an entire book review in 30 minutes or something like and so yeah. like also like waiting by waiting um however long we're going to wait for to get back to the dark forest like we'll also have a chance to let the marinate on a little bit and come at you know with a different perspective when we we all start um you know book two yep i i I agree thanks for listening leave comments by emailing us at rehydrate at fastmail.com or on twitter at rehydrate pod since we haven't read the long way to a small angry planet there won't be a spoiler cast for next season but the spoiler cast will come back when we return to the dark forest in an upcoming season of rehydrate Please join us in the main show for the start of next season, where we will be reading chapters one to seven of The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers.